Hello, in today's episode of Club and Resort Talks, we chat with Garrett Powell, assistant professional at Shoal Creek in Alabama. For fans of the uber-popular show The Bachelorette, you may know him better as Garrett P., a contestant on season 15. Sit back, enjoy, and here we go. Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, uh, look forward to this conversation, man. I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, you know, I have been too. And I'll tell you what, my, um, my wife and daughter are probably even more excited than I am. So they're a little jealous that I'm chatting with you and they're not. So, <laughs> Hey, let's get this out of the way real quick. Please tell us about your time on the bachelorette. It was a great experience. It was, um, it was a lot of fun, uh, very stressful at the same time, but yeah, I, I kind of went in there with no expectations, just, you know, my, my sister-in-law actually signed me up for the show after I got dumped by a girlfriend. And, um, Ouch. yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I promised her I'd do it. And I, once I found out I made it, I was scared to death of doing it, but I figured it'd be one of those experiences that I would regret not doing. And so, yeah, I learned a lot from it. learned a lot about other people, learned a lot about myself and going to take that with me the rest of my life for sure. Yeah, no kidding. That's definitely a, a life experience that most people don't get to handle so what was the problem she signed you up you had to go through some auditions or something along that line yeah yeah so she signed me up in august of last year and she told me she was gonna sign me up and i thought she was kidding apparently she went on abc's website and submitted a profile with some pictures and stuff and yeah a bunch of interviews a bunch of background information forms a bunch of just paperwork i'd submit a 10-minute video answering questions i'd submit a bunch of photos met with them face to face in Atlanta in December, and then they flew me out to LA in late January, and I was told March 6th I was on the show, and I left March 12th to go filming. Wow, that's kind of a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, but it's, you know, I've got a great boss at the club I work at, and I'm, I think kind of he was like me, kind of didn't really believe I would make it through, just like I didn't believe I'd make it through, but he, he was in my corner from day one. And so, I mean, obviously you're, you're an assistant pro and you take 42 days off work. That's not, not exactly every, anyone could do that. So I'm lucky to have the support system. Hey, uh, probably a hypothetical tough question here, but if you were offered the final rose, were you prepared to marry Hannah? No, I was not. I was not. It was, yeah, my goal was to make it to fantasy suite because then that way you can have a discussion without producers having their hand in it without cameras. And I was going to tell her that, Hey, like you're looking for a dude to propose to you. Then I'm not that guy. Send me home. But I never made it that far. So it, it ended up working out on its own. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's gotta be a tough question. That's a, a do or die moment, I suppose. Yeah, it is. I mean, the way I saw it is frankly, every date we went on cost a hundred grand. So I was like, all right, let's get some, Netflix and wine nights in or some football games in before we talk about marriage now because I, I, I can handle her in a stream environment, I, but day-to-day is what I'm concerned with, you know? So here, let's get a few of those in first. No kidding. Definitely. The stuff that you're going to have to deal with the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We got that out of the way. Let's talk a little bit of golf. Yeah. Okay. Why, why did you choose a career in the golf industry? It was something I've always been attracted to ever since I was little. So my dad always took us out, me and my twin brother. Uh, we got, whenever he, he got paid, he would take us out the following Saturday, earliest tea time, 7 a.m., place called Oak Mountain State Park in Birmingham. And 
it was I just kind of fell in love with it. But put it on the back burners for other sports, and as life progressed, and I pursued those other sports. Played football my freshman year in college, and just realized it wasn't for me. And so golf is what I turned to, and it, it was something that I could get better at. It was something I could hold myself accountable for. Didn't have to rely on anybody else. And I love playing, and the idea of service is really attractive to me. I, I, I really I enjoy seeing a member space when they leave here and they've had a great time. And it all started with uh, my junior year transferring to Mississippi State in the PGA Golf Management Program. First internship was at Shoal Creek where I worked now, and I just fell in love with it. You know, it's, it helps to have a great boss kind of show you all the good about the job. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I credit Eric to my boss now. He was my boss then who kind of showed me all the great things about the golf industry. You know, you hear a lot of bad things about being a golf pro. Oh, you never get to play. You work long hours. Well, yeah, that can be true sometimes, but there's also a lot of good. And I just fell in love with it after that first internship. Still been uh, coming up on my fourth year being an assistant here. Wow. So a love affair from the very beginning. Very beginning. That's right. Can you describe a typical day, typical day as a assistant pro at Shoal Creek? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll give you today, for example. So I got here at about seven o'clock. We had a busy morning. We typically do in the fall when there's big football games on Saturdays. So Friday's our biggest day. So I went out. We had a bunch of groups going off. So I greeted the groups on the first tee and just made sure that everyone was going off on time, made sure all the guests and caddies were caddy facilities and made sure all the caddies were accounted for too. I had a lesson with a member at 8.30. Uh, a little quick tune-up lesson. He's got a tournament out here this weekend, so I just wanted to see if he was in good shape for it. Took about 45 minutes, went back and checked on the groups again because we're pretty booked till about 10.30. And uh, rode around the golf course making sure pace of play is going okay. Uh, my boss is actually out of town on family business right now, and so we kind of have to step up when he's out just to make sure everything's good. And check back in the golf shop, uh, run reports for a tournament that we are having this weekend and I've made a bank run for the club, go pick up some cash for us. And, uh, yeah, I've got a pairings party tonight at 5 PM that I'm going to bring scoreboards for. And the members are going to, it's kind of like Ryder cup style pairings party. I'm just going to be there. I call it chaperoning because it's at a distillery. So I guess someone's got to make sure these guys don't get too crazy now, but it's, it's an all-day affair, but it, if it's you know if if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. But I love every minute of it. It's great. Man, it sounds like a crazy busy day. But uh, as long as you're doing something you love, it's it's not so much work, right? That's right. That's right. I enjoy it for sure. What's your favorite thing about teaching, giving lessons? I like watching the progression. I like because. Whenever a student comes to see me, at least they, they're typically lost. They they have no direction. They don't know like. Because, you know, no one comes and takes a lesson when they're hitting it great, you know, unless you're a tour pro. But so they're always lost. They, they always come, and you can just, just see it in their eyes that they don't know what's going on and they want to be fixed. And once you fix it and you see it click in their head, that's what's awesome. That's my favorite part about it. it you just see them uplifted immediately, and they crave to go out there and shoot lower scores, and they believe they can because of something that you helped them realize, you know. And that's – that's the funnest part to me. I think that's so awesome. It's so rewarding. Hey, on, on that exact topic, uh, tell us a little bit what you're doing with V1 Golf App. Yeah, it's something I'm really, really pumped about. V1 reached out to me and we've been working together for a while now, and we're going to start our own 
online golf academy called greater performance golf. And again, it's, it's kind of being limited to a private club in Birmingham. I can only work with members and the guests of these members, but now through V1 is a different way to reach out to a whole new market and people who aren't in the private club setting, you know, and also, you know, like me growing up, I never took a lesson because I was too intimidated. You know, sometimes golf has this stigma. Well, through V1, they don't have to go physically take a lesson. They can send in their video to me, Greater Performance Golf Academy, and I will review their video and tell them what needs to fix and what's great because, you know, there's, there's a lot of good about their swing too. And they'll get a five to ten minute voiceover recap and uh, drills you know, suggestions of swings to watch. They got plenty of models of tour swings on there. And so the user interface is very easy to use. And it's just an incredible tool. And we, outside the app, we actually use it here at Shoal for our video system. And we've used it ever since we got the video system about five years ago. And it's been a big help to us, but the app just takes it one step further. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to launching all this. That sounds like a blast, and I think I'm going to have to sign up for that and uh, request request Garrett Powell. Yeah, come on. So <laughs> that's fantastic. I need a lot of help, man. Uh, <laughs> what's Speaking of that, uh, I'm an eight, so what's the most common mistake you see with amateur golfers, whether they're a two, a, you know, a really good golfer, uh, an eight like myself, or an 18? I would say not enough emphasis on short game. And everyone says it, it's like a broken record, right? But it's, if you really think about it, you know, I was talking about member this this morning. He, um, if, if you have 72 shots, let's just say we shoot 72, even par, you're going to have realistically anywhere in between, you know, there could be about 55, 50 to 55 of those shots are going to be inside 125. And, I'm telling you, I'm just as guilty of it as everybody else, but you look on, you look at the driving range at your average golf course, you see so many people, you look on the putting green, you see about one or two maybe. And that's just the difference maker. It's those, those guys on tour. I mean, if you take number 125 in the points list and you take number one, that's cup list and you look at their stats, I would be willing to bet ball striking. They're not too much different, but it's really strokes gained putting that they're different at. And that would be first thing, first set of advice. Second set is that I see so many amateurs swing with their arms instead of their body. The proper way to gain speed and gain control of the club face is by swinging with your body and rotating your body and kind of letting your arms be along for the ride. When, most of us try to overpower it with our arms. And again, I'm just as guilty. And that's, that's probably the best two tips I could give you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty as well. Uh, no matter how hard I swing, I'm still around that hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. off my, off my driver. And I'm just not very flexible at this point in my life. And I suppose if I got a little more flexibility and mm -hmm. I can turn a little bit better, like a, like a um, DJ yeah. or a, a Kepka, somebody that's bombing the ball, I'm sure they're doing a lot more than their arms. It's always fun to watch those guys on TV. But, yeah, it's just, you know, most of us threw baseballs or skip rocks as a kid. It's pretty much the same motion, just on a different plane. And for some reason, it's easier to do it when you're throwing a baseball than in a swing in a golf club. But just think of that image of skipping a rock, and that's a, that's a good image to have when swinging a golf club. Hey, what, what can you do 
with your role at Shoal Creek or, or somebody at a public golf course, what can we do to grow the game of golf? Everybody's talking about it's dying, but it's not dying. There seems to be plenty of interest out there. It's just kind of like right-sizing itself, they're saying. But what can private clubs do? What can high-end public courses do? What, what can they do to get more people out there playing the game? So we recently reached out to a lot of our ladies' members because that was a big untapped market for us is, you know, we had – Thankfully, the show actually helped us out with that. We began the year, we had about five women in our clinics on Wednesday mornings at nine. But now, man, we're topping 20. And, you know, if you, if you take, of those 20 women, sure, all 20 aren't going to become avid golfers. But if you take a fourth of that, then that, that, that's totally worth it. And I, I, a big thing for us is that, you know, we, private clubs have this image of like, oh, we, like, we don't want just anyone to play or like an uppity image. And we had it for the longest time. And I'll swear by this being a little more casual, you know, um, we used to have a cell phone policy where you couldn't text, you couldn't have your cell phone on you at all. We've adjusted with the times where you can text on a golf course, you can make calls under a roof. Um, even the stuff we carried in the shop, I kid you not, you know, these, these golf shoes and, polos that you see now with the different patterns that are more youthful looking i'm telling you people are actually coming in more and it's it's kind of breaking down these barriers that the private golf facilities had in the past and same with public too you know it's public it's you know why not have cheaper uh green fees on a dead day like a tuesday or wednesday or I'm a big fan of growing up. They had junior rates and twilight rates. A lot of, a lot of courses still don't do that. And, you know, if you, I just think it's an image thing. People will come out if they feel like they will be welcome. And a lot of the time around golf, it's a stigma that you, you know, you have to be rich. You have to be like an old white male. You have to dress this way and act this way. Well, you know, the reason why golf is so great is because you will think of the word golf and a specific memory will come to mind. I think of the word golf and something completely different comes to my mind, but yet we're still united over that same word. Right. And so I just think we, we open our doors a little bit more and keep progressing and keep getting the younger feel, keep dropping all of these rules. Then I think we're heading in the right direction. Amen, brother. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's your, uh, what's your dream foursome? You can have hey, anybody in there that can be a golfer, non-golfer, living, dead, whatever the case may be. You got uh, three people to play with. Who are you playing with? Oh gosh. And somebody once said Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it's really open to anybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, no offense to Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'll leave him out of this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Tiger Woods, of course, is number yeah. one. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Trevino in his prime, number two. And for number three, I'm going to go with Roger Federer. I'm, I just, I'm a big fan of greatness and I like picking brains like that. And I'm sure by the end of the round, they'll be really tired of me asking all these dang questions, but I, I just, that would be my dream for some right now. Yeah. I think I'd like to tag along. Yeah, whether uh, <laughs> Trevino in his prime or, or, or these days seems like a, a great guy to play with. Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be a blast for sure. It wouldn't be a dull moment. Oh, no, no kidding at all. 
Hey, uh, do you have a, a bucket list a golf course that you want to play? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you got the Pine Valleys and the Augusta Nationals, but I would say I really want to play. What shoot? I just I just forgot the name of it. The, the BMW Championship that's over in Europe, uh, Wentworth. Oh yeah, that to me has always seemed like the coolest golf club, and um, that would def- that would be the top of one of mine. You know, no offense to Augusta or Pine Valley or any of those guys, and then of course Band of Dunes. And um, I mean, that's everyone I hear that goes out there is just blown away by everything. And, you know, I, I look forward to going out there one day, hopefully. And, uh, you know, any course in Scotland too, you know, I was in Scotland with the show and I thought for sure home of golf, they would tie in having a golf day, but yeah. they didn't. And I was pretty ticked by it, but maybe, maybe I'll get my shot in the future. It's definitely anywhere in Scotland. I'd be okay with. Yeah. You really can't go wrong out there. I suppose. Have you been out there? No, I haven't, but, um, you know, as you're naming all these areas, I'm thinking, man, I mean, Sand Valley, Whistling Strikes, all these all these, these areas that are popping up are fantastic and, like, striking. You just can't go wrong. Yeah, it's, I mean, take, close your eyes, throw a dart. If it lands on any of them, like, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. It's just great courses. No kidding. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to get you out on this one, Garrett. Uh, what's next? What's next for Garrett Powell? So, again, it's kind of sounds like a boring answer, but I, you know, we just coming back from the show. The, the show just made me realize how much I actually loved what I do, and I knew I loved what I did before it. And but being away from it, I just craved it every day. And I'm going to start. Uh, we'll launch the V1 Great Performance Golf Academy on V1. Very pumped about that. I've got a few. Uh, bachelorette appearances still to go before the end of the year, but I'm just, I feel like I got a new life with the job that I have now. And it's a new level of appreciation for not only what I do, but the membership that I work for. And that's frankly it for the time being. It's, you know, it's, it's every time I think about trying to get another job elsewhere, I think about the one I have and I don't want to leave. And so it's right now I'm just, so hyper-focused on serving that great membership and doing what I can to help the club on that now. That's the ideal answer, I think, Garrett. To, to be happy doing what you're doing is, uh, I mean, that's ideal. Yeah, I'm very lucky man. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, let me get this out there. Um, online lessons with Garrett are available by signing up at v1sports.com and downloading the V1 Golf app. In the instructor's menu on the V1 Golf app, uh, users can select Garrett Powell and Greater Performance Golf. And there's easy instructions on uploading your swings for Garrett to review, and uh, teaching insights will follow. Uh, all the lessons are typically delivered within, what, 72 hours or less, I think they're saying? 72, but I'm, I'm looking to get it back to you quicker than that. So, yeah, be on the lookout. Terrific. Hey, Garrett, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us, and we look forward to seeing what's up next. Thank you for having me. That was a blast. Appreciate it.